Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. You are on Saturday Magazine Joy 94.9 with Macca and Janet Jukes. My apologies, we're running a fraction late. Our next guest has been very patiently waiting on the phone, Minister for Equality, Harriet Shing. Thank you for waiting, Harriet. Thanks so much. Always good to join you. And uh, you were immediately preceded, you probably heard quite a bit of it, uh, former Premier Dan Andrews was speaking at our 30th anniversary AGM on Monday night and uh, it was a very great speech. Uh, did you have a chance to listen to much of it, Harriet? It's a tough act to follow. Uh, I heard the um, the parts of it that you just played back again and it did get some really good coverage, which is really important for LGBTIQA plus people um, as we continue those public conversations about what our communities need uh, and continue to calls on all levels of government to commit to funding and to engagement and programs that are going to help us to continue to, to thrive and to be visible and celebrated. And, you know, it would be remiss of me not to acknowledge uh, the support that you as a quality minister continue and the government continue to give us and here's my pitch i look forward to many many more years of that harriet uh it's important uh to keep us on air i wanted first harriet and i this occurred to me last night that we hadn't actually when we've spoken to you touched a lot on what a little bit of your history and what brought you to the parliament there's a lot of policy issues we'd like to have a chat to you about in the next few minutes as well but what brought you to the Parliament, Harriet? What what was the motivation, uh, you know, to stand for Parliament or, you know, pre-selection, get elected, you know, you're now a minister? What brought you to that point? I worked in public policy for a number of years and before that I was a lawyer and one of the things that struck me about both of those roles is that it involves interpreting the decision-making environment that you're in and applying facts of certain situations to that set of laws and regulations. And uh, I got to a point, as I think many people do, who end up putting their hands up for pre-selection, where I thought it was a, a really important thing to be part of the process of deciding what the law actually is and uh, marrying up policy and regulation uh, and advocacy with the law itself. So um, that's really my um, very um, convoluted way of saying that I wanted to make a contribution uh, in a way that brought together my various skills and experiences and uh, in very blunt terms as a middle child I'm used to sticking my arms out and, and having a crack at um, having my voice heard. So that was, uh, that was a big part of it but also in terms of labour values the idea of opportunity and equity and fairness um, whether that's in our workplaces or in accessing services or uh, in being able to participate in education or find a job um, or be supported in you know a range of different ways throughout our whole of whole of life experiences is 
something that um, has, has stayed with me, obviously, throughout the course of all of this work. And I think, you know, Harriet, that lots of things drive all of us and those of us who, you know, get the opportunity to have some input to policy and to actually put positions and to be advocates. It's important for all of us, isn't it, to remember where we came from, where our parents came from, where our beliefs came from, what our life experience is. And, you know, I think sometimes it's easy for us when we're really, really busy to forget some of that. Tell us a, just a little bit briefly about your family history. I'm, I'm interested in that. So I am the daughter of a GP and a child protection worker and um, my dad was the first uh, kid in his family, first one in his family to, to go to university, grew up in the very outer edges um, of Melbourne, which was almost all bush back then, um, and uh, saw that I had a really good set of opportunities. My parents worked really, really hard to, to send me to um, the same school for 13 years. Um, I started my first job at 15 and, and um, kept on working from there. And Basically, I got really lucky, and that wasn't because of anything that I did, um, but I had the circumstances of a secure roof over my head when I was growing up, um, of a good education and of the opportunity to really be supported as I, as I you know, moved out and got on with things. And with that, I think there's a sense of um, obligation that you need to commit to contributing um, and, and to paying that forward. So... That's really been the thing that has shaped me. I've had some extraordinary models um, over the years who have helped me to find my voice and, and to, to get better over time at advocating. And absolutely LGBTIQA plus folk um, have been a big part of my life in, in not just coming to terms with who I am, but in accepting that and, and pushing back against some pretty significant internalised homophobia. I was... You know, I was one of the, the people and there are many of us out there who found it really hard to come to terms with who we are and to move from the idea of shame for, for not fitting in or not being um, not being enough um, to, to the idea of pride. And as I say to so many people, pride takes practice. Um, and if it means that in making my contribution, I'm um, providing a way for people to practice their own pride by being visible, then that's another form of contribution that I think is, is important. Do you know what makes me, one of the things that makes me really proud, Harriet, is that we have an equality minister, but we have an equality minister that doesn't just represent our queer community, that represents a gender, that represents, you know, a culture, that represents, you know, where, you know, your family came from. In a state that is progressive. That to me makes me so proud that we have an equality minister like you. That makes a difference. It sends a really, really strong message. Um, I don't have to thank you for that. I'm proud of who you are and that you're our equality minister. So. Thank you. Um, that's you know, that's a, a really lovely thing to hear, but it's it's also um, true of so many people who've come before me. And yeah. I think particularly across equality and across the work that we continue to do across generations in, in a, essentially still a civil rights um, movement, that we continue to build on what those 
who've done before us have done and also continue to support others to make their own way and become leaders themselves. And one of the things that I make a point of saying when I, whenever I, I'm out and about and, and I'm talking particularly with younger people is that nobody should ever underestimate the leadership and the influence that they have mm. in their own life for people who look to them as role models, whether they know it or not. And whilst we all have moments of insecurity or um, not knowing perhaps how we might continue um, to, to be uh, role models when we might well not necessarily have faith in ourselves all the time, um, there, are, there are always people who will be looking to us, whether, um, whether we are in the middle of Melbourne or out at the borders of the state, whether we're young or we're old, um, irrespective of the sectors we work in or the families of origin or of choice that we have around yeah. us. Uh, we are role models in all sorts of ways. And, and if I'm a role model too, then, then that's, um, that's a product of what I've had around me. You are. And, you and are. being a role model, of course, is really, really important, as you know. But it won't surprise you, um, Harriet, to hear me say that it's also what we get done, isn't it? So it's about um, building that legacy. And I know, when, you know, I, I went back a few months ago and had a bit of a look at your maiden speech. Yes. And... Um, and <laughs> Everyone seems to be doing that at the moment. Oh, I've no. had it quoted at me about a dozen times in the last couple of months. Yes. Well, you know, that, I think that's the thing because you could, because we want, you know, it's important to know what people are standing for and where we're heading. Yeah. And and yeah. you really talked about building. You didn't use the word legacy, but you talked about building, um, revisiting the building, um, and you know, uh, building upon. Um, what you do in the past to create a legacy, really, and um, and and I, um, I mean, we've obviously you've, you've been in the role now for you know how long it is about eighteen months. Um, yeah, about And uh, and we've in that time done quite a lot of stuff around um, progressing the um, the ten year strategy, and uh, there's been law reforms and uh, and other work. I'd be interested in hearing from you what you think your achievements are so far and what you've got planned, what your legacy is. What are you building, Harriet? Yeah, this is, um, this is one of the ways that we translate the, um, the acceptance and the collective will and identity into um, outcomes. And you're right, Janet, it is about creating support and programs and results um, when we have the opportunity and, and the great privilege of government. And the equality portfolio, um, when we first came to government in 2014, was created for um, just about the best ally we could have in Martin Foley. Um, the work that I continue to do as his successor is also about advocating to the Commonwealth government for an equality portfolio, but also building on the work we did with Safe Schools and that program to make and keep young people and teachers and staff and school communities uh, in a space of acceptance and, and continuous learning. But also it's about initiatives like the Pride Centre and creating community hubs. Um, just a couple of weeks ago I opened the affirmation station for um, trans and gender diverse folk in Brunswick and the work we've also done for the Pride Events and Festival Fund uh, for the strategy itself, which is that 10-year plan um, for creating and maintaining access to services and programs, uh, rainbow tick accredited community mental health providers, a Pride in Ageing pilot program to make sure that um, older LGBTIQA plus people are given the support and the inclusion and, and the gender-affirming environments that we all deserve. 
um, as well as safe spaces across regional Victoria and then more broadly in legal reforms um, beyond what we've done already, often under great opposition um, and and an opposition that's consistently opposed this work, um, equal opportunity law reform, the work that we're doing on, um, on birth, deaths and marriages reform so people have documentation that reflects um, who they are, anti-vilification um, work and that, uh, that really important piece that sends an important message um, for every member of our LGBTIQA plus person, uh, people around Victoria that, um, that you know, we, we will not tolerate and the law will not tolerate um, violence or discrimination or harassment based on prohibited reasons, but then also making sure that we're working across the whole of government, whether that's police or education or our health system. Uh, and the coroner's court just this week has had an inquest uh, into... Uh, the deaths of five um, trans folk and I would urge anyone who's, who's perhaps um, responding to this in a, in a difficult way to, to reach out to, to care and to services that are available um, but it's about leaning into what has often been a really distressing and traumatic history uh, and a culture and a, and, a, and a community that's all too often not as accepting as it needs to be, and that might be through healthcare, it might be through um, finding ways to create culturally safe spaces, uh, and there's a lot of work that needs to continue on that on that path. Uh, and I'm looking forward to continuing to be able to do it in every way, from drag story time through to the to the provision of specialist healthcare services. That's really, you know, it's po- it, it's so positive to hear that, Harriet. That you know. Um it's a long road. I don't think we ever, ever get to the end of it. I wanted to, um, we saw recently uh, Todd Fernando uh, has uh, retired, resigned, stepped down. I don't know what the right term is. Or he's as LGBTQIA plus commissioner for Victoria. What's the plan um, for, the, for the next one? What sort of is the timeline? Yeah, so Todd's worked really hard over the last couple of years building on the work that Roe Allen did before him uh, as as the first commissioner for LGBTIQA plus communities. We've got a lot of work to do and uh, we need to continue that work and we do that through the LGBTIQA plus task force, through the working groups, um, which have shaped a lot of the work that I, I just talked about then. Um, the commissioner's role is an important one. I'm going to look at the options that we have available to us in a process and I'll have more to say about that in the new year. Um, obviously we um, will lose in Todd a great uh, measure of real lived experience and in particular his commitment to direct conversations with communities and the intersectionality that so many of us live has been a big part of the work that he's done and I'd like to continue that work um, within the equality portfolio, within the work that our our broader working groups and task force do and then across government. Uh, there is a lot to do. We've set a really ambitious pace and it's achievable but it's by no means going to be a straightforward process particularly as we see a rise in um, in discrimination and in hate speech which is um, uh, which is happening all over Australia and indeed across the world so we need as many um, hands to the wheel as we can possibly 
has and uh, the Commissioner's role is an important one in, in helping us to continue that work. And one way I think, this is my view, to protect that forever, to protect that role forever, I'd like to see that role become statutory so that it always has to be always has to be filled. Is that something that's on your on your list? Well, there's a few different options for the way in which the commissioner's role can be undertaken. So I'm taking some advice about what that all looks like. Obviously, Todd leaving before the end of the term um, of his uh, his role as the Commissioner um, has brought a lot of that work forward so yeah. I'm looking forward to getting stuck into that and to working out some options and obviously to talking with LGBTIQA plus communities about the, the priorities that exist across community um, whether it's for, for young people for old people, for everyone in between and making sure that we are consultative and that we are inclusive in that process as much as anything else um, just sort of moving back to the strategy, I mean, I think that, um, Harriet, you'd agree that the 10-year strategy is settled. It's 12, it's been, in, you know, was launched about this time last year, I think. And um, and there's a whole lot of priorities that are coming out of that. For me, there's one key priority, which is addressing mental health. And um, your government's done amazing work in um, in reforming, and it's been a Royal Commission, and there's a whole lot of work happening in the um, mental health space. Um, and I guess it also touches back on the coroner's um, inquest that's currently going at the moment around those suicides in um, transgender women. And there's clear, if anyone who's been following it, and I don't recommend anyone, uh, I don't recommend you listen to the transcripts. It's very no. gruelling. Um, but um, but clearly there's um, been some massive failures in the system in the ability for uh, members of our community to access mental health supports when they needed to. Is mental health a, a key priority for you as a quality minister? Mental health is at the heart of all of the work that I do in the idea of well-being and of pride and of inclusion. It sits um, within every conversation that I have as part of the equality work. Uh, if, if we're talking about an events fund, we're also talking about well-being. We're talking about Visibility. We're talking about dignity and about safety. Uh, when we when we turn to what it means to access services, we know that all too often mental health services are not um, equipped to uh, to accommodate the range of um, of lived experiences and traumas that LGBTIQA plus people feel in that really um, layered discrimination and distress and trauma that all too tragically results in far too many instances in self-harm or in suicidal ideation or in in lives lost and these are people as as the as the inquest is showing who are loved and missed and who were friends and partners and and children uh, and we need to continue the work across all levels of government, which is why the rainbow tick work is so important. The, uh, the pride in our future strategy is about uh, making sure we continue uh, with funding. There's, there's about $10 million to make sure that community health, mental health providers are, are given additional support. Uh, Mary Ann Thomas, the health minister, continues to work with health providers and, uh, and that needs to happen also with the federal government. 
the, the Commonwealth announced at the start of this year that they were going to develop, they are going to develop a pride strategy. Um, I have made it very clear that um, Victoria will help in every way we possibly can to ensure that when we have joined up services, they are safe across the board for anybody who is looking for support. And it's also about addressing issues of demand across the system. We know that often there are really long waits for people um, who need that care, who need to work through a range of traumas, um, not traumas arising from who they are, but from a world around them, a world around us, uh, that doesn't accommodate specific need uh, in, a, in a way that is safe. So there's a lot of work around community health, uh, around safe spaces, around peer support networks, and of course, of, of course the Rainbow Tech accreditation. It's not one size fits all, uh, and that's where beyond the equality portfolio, this has to sit across the whole of government work that we do. We're actually out of time, Harriet, but I wanted to, again, thank you for the work you do as Minister. To have a Minister for Equality is really important, and a Minister who represents so many different parts of our diverse Victorian community makes me proud. Harriet is actually going to have a little bit of, little bit of a, a break before she joins us again on air next year. I know you're looking forward to that break, Harriet. Um, well earned. Make maximum use of it, and once again, thank you for the support and advocacy uh, of our community. And you have a you have a nice break. Thank you so much. Take care, everybody, and I hope anyone uh, out there who needs a break is also in a position to spend some time with loved ones and find some time to breathe and to do something lovely after what's been a really challenging year. Uh, take care out there and I look forward to joining everybody for a hopefully bright and beautiful 2024. Great. Thank you very much. That was uh, Harriet Ching, our Victorian Minister for Equality. You are on SatMag with Macca and Janet. A few messages, a bit of another chat, news, we're done. It's been my great pleasure to have Janet Dukes as my co-host in the studio. And now that Janet is no longer a basketball mum, is that right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, Janet is, uh, we're going to get Janet in, you know, probably once a month to come in and keep me honest. Great show today. It was great to have you in here, Janet, uh, all our guests. Um, and, you know, we had David Southwick, Deputy Leader of the Opposition. We had Graham Willett. We had... Citizen Dan, otherwise known as previous Premier Dan Andrews, his speech at our AGM and then followed by Harriet Shing, Minister for Equality. Reminding us that the job's not done, a lot more work to do, 30 it, years for joy, so exciting. Yep. 40 and years in it with HIV, yep, lots with of Thorn work Yep, with Thorn Harbour and 51 years since Australians uh, decided it was time and elected Gough Whitlam. A lot of people won't know that, but 51 years ago. Just think about that. Thank you for your support of Joy. Thank you for your membership of Joy. If you're not a member, you bloody well should be. Uh, thank you. Here's the news. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with Joy. Joy.